Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another edition of Jake's Takes. I am your host, Jake Masucci. And this is the second episode, guys. We made it to the second episode. I think that's a pretty good start. Today we're going to talk about, we're going to switch from the NFL. We're going to go to the NBA. I will get back to the NFL tomorrow because we still got some great games to talk about. But currently it is Monday night and I just got home from Oakland, went to Detroit Mercy and we beat them by 11 points and it was a really awesome game. I got to work behind the bench and we played great. It was an awesome game, great environment. I'm a little tired, but not tired enough to go to bed right now. And I kind of felt like talking some sports, so I figured, why not do a little mini podcast and have some fun with it? Anyways, we're going to talk about the Central Division in the NBA. Kind of just do a short podcast. I'm hoping to keep it around 30 minutes, but we'll see. As you guys know, I kind of like to blabber about sports, so we'll see how long I go. But anyways, I'm going to cue the music, and we're going to get started. Welcome back into the show. Good to be back, and it's good to start talking about basketball. I'm really excited to get this going. Um, I haven't talked about basketball on a podcast really ever, and I'm really excited to do it for the first time. So let's get started. We're going to talk about NBA. We're going to be in the Central Division, and you know what that means, folks. That means we are going to start with the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons currently at the moment sit at a beautiful yet not beautiful 12 and 37. In some eyes, that's horrible. In other eyes, that means we might get the number one pick, which would be awesome. That means we would be getting Victor Wembanyama, who's unbelievable. And I will probably get into on this podcast, but this isn't the podcast for it. So let's talk about the Pistons a little bit. They have the worst net rating in the Eastern Conference by far. They're sitting at... A net rating of minus 7.6 at the moment, which is really bad. It's 28th in the NBA, worst in the Eastern Conference, and the Pistons have not been good this year. They just have not. Like, they've struggled in many different aspects of the game. Their defense is horrific. They rank 29th in defensive rating, and their offense is pretty bad as well. They're 25th in offensive rating. So... I actually went to a Pistons game recently. I went with my dad and my uncle. We went to the Pistons versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. And we were saying just how bad it was. It was really just bad basketball. We were like, what did we show up to watch? Like the Timberwolves were supposed to be a good team this year. And they actually ranked 10th in defense, which surprised me. That was the last time I looked. I'm not sure if they're still 10th. But... And they were horrible. The Pistons could score at will against them. And then on the other end, the Timberwolves could score at will on the Pistons. I mean, if you look at the game from tonight, they lost 150-130 against the Bucs. 150-130. That is nuts scoring. The scoring, just in the NBA in general, has gone 
through the roof. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I want to get to some of the key players on the Pistons. We're going to talk about mostly their young talent and what it's going to mean for their future. I'm a huge Pistons fan for some people who don't wouldn't know. I mean, most people who listen to this podcast do know, but I'm from Detroit. Big Pistons fan, growing up a big Pistons fan. And this guy that we picked number one overall, Cade Cunningham, we thought he was going to be a savior. This guy's unbelievable. And he's played really well. This year, he was averaging 19.9 points per game, 6.2 rebounds, and 6.0 assists. That seems like a pretty good stat line, right? But he was shooting 41.5% from the field and 27.9 from three. It's not the best three-point percentage you want from your star player, and it's not the best field goal percentage you want from your star player. But Kate Cunningham, as many of you know, has been ruled out for the season. He was dealing with a lower leg injury. So that's killer for the Pistons, but it might be a good thing overall for Cade and his development because what I'm seeing from the Pistons is they like to use Cade in the Luka Doncic role, which is get him the ball and run all of your offense through him and everybody else just stands and let lets Cade create. This is not Cade's game. I'm going to just tell you this right now. Cade came in as very good. He's 6'8". Six, he's 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he's very tall. And this guy can guard any position on the floor. So we just decided because we didn't have any ball handling, just to put him at point guard and run him at point guard. Why not switch his position? Like this guy, if he moved over to the two or three, he might be an even better scorer that we haven't even unlocked. Like I've seen a lot of people, one person that, um, what's it called? His name's Nate Duncan. He has a really good podcast called Dunk Don Prime. But he talked about how it might be good for Cade Cunningham to move over to the three because he sees him more like Jason Tatum than any other player because he's a very good off-ball scorer and can create his own shot. And I think it, I, I personally really agree with that take because Cade, like, he just doesn't look like a point guard. I don't love him at the point. And if we picked, like, Scooter Henderson or something, That'd be scary. F. Scooter Henderson, Kate Cunningham, and Jaden Ivey. That'd be nuts. All right, let's get to Jaden Ivey. This year, he is averaging 15.1 points per game, 4.1 rebounds, and 4.3 assists. He's shooting 41% from the field and 32.4% from three. Ivey, to me, has looked pretty good. Um, He's actually in the top five in the rookie of the year race, which is really good. But um, he's been a little disappointing. I actually had Jaden Ivey number one on my board. I loved Jaden Ivey coming out of of college. I thought he was a much better passer in college than he's shown in the NBA. The looks have just been a little off for his passing. Like you can tell it's just much faster and he's still trying to get everything going. But his playmaking hasn't looked that good, which has really hurt him in, in my eyes and made him fall a little bit. But... I think he's had a good season. Like he's scoring at a much better clip than a lot of people expected. And he's able, he's able, like, he's a good player. He looks good in um, an NBA game. So I think Jay Nivey has looked really good and he can develop at a solid rate. 
I'm not sure if he's number one under my draft board, like that type of potential, because I don't know if the Pistons per se is the best fit for him to be that number one guy. But with Ivy, I think I think this guy can really have a great career in the NBA. One thing he needs to work on is he could work on his finishing around the basket a little bit. He likes to drive really fast into people, and he can lose control, and it makes it tough for him to finish. He just goes way too fast because he's such an athlete. He can just go right by everybody and make a fast drive to the basket, and it just makes it tough for him to finish. So I'm not really sure where Ivy's going to end up as a player. I still have belief that he can end up as being an all-star, but I'm not... I'm not into his superstar potential really anymore. I'm sadly kind of off him now. I just don't love the fit in Detroit, even though I love the Pistons drafting him. I'm just not sure that he's the piece that we should have moving forward. All right, I want to talk about one more person, um, Bohan Bogdanovich. This guy's really good. He's had an unbelievable year. I don't have his stats in front of me, but this guy has really stepped up in a way. We got him in order to kind of compete, and that went out the window when we realized that we couldn't guard anybody. So that didn't really go well, but Bogdanovich has been one bright spot in the Pistons type of rebuild. I really think we should try to trade him to a contender for some picks. Sadly, it probably won't be the Lakers because the Lakers today just made their made their trade which will probably be like to compete they traded for Rui Hachimura they traded Kendrick Nunn and two second round picks for him I think that was a pretty good trade for the Lakers but for Bogdanovich I feel like probably a good team to go to maybe like the Warriors or someone in the seven and eight seed looking for shooting maybe the Clippers would be a good fit you got I think the Grizzlies would actually be a good fit too. More shooting on that team. And maybe even Dallas. Dallas might be a good fit. But if you're the Pistons, you need to get a first-round pick out of them. You need to. Because this guy is playing at that level. And I think it would be smart to trade him right now because, you know, we need to get something out of him. And I think people would be willing to give us a pick for him. So I think it would be really good. And I would watch out for that at the trade deadline. All right, let's move up in the order. We're going to go to the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are now 22-24, and 24, and they have been climbing into in the rankings a little bit. Um, they are now, they're still the 10th seed in the East, but they've been winning a lot more than they had in the past. Zach Levine has really picked up his play, which has really helped the Bulls skyrocket to a new level. But... The Bulls, they're ranked 20th in the, I believe it's 20th, let me check real quick. No, they're up to 18th now in net rating. They moved from, they were 20th earlier in the week, and now they're at a 0.0 net rating. Even, completely. That's unbelievable. That means their offensive rating and defensive rating are exactly the same. That's unbelievable. That's kind of crazy. That's balanced basketball if I've ever seen it. So they're basically the epitome of average in the NBA. So the Bulls have been missing Lonzo Ball for most of the year. 
which is really a big loss for them because it hurts their options on uh, in perimeter defense. They still got Alex Caruso out there, who's a pretty good perimeter defender, and Patrick Williams, who's a solid defender. He's versatile, but I don't know how how good he is at defense overall. But when you have Nikola Vucevic on the floor, you're going to struggle to guard anybody because this guy is not a rim protector and just not a great defender in, in total. But we'll get to him in a little bit. So let's start by talking about how DeMar DeRozan has been an all-star this year. DeRozan's been unbelievable. Basically similar numbers to what he put up last year when he led them to the seventh seed in the East. And this guy's awesome, just flat out. His mid-range game is ridiculous. He's shown that he doesn't really need to develop a three. This guy's unbelievable. Like, just a really good player, and that's all I really need to say about him because he's awesome. Zach Levine's the real story here. Zach Levine really started out slow with this team. And this is why there were some doubts about if the Bulls could coexist and should they trade everybody and blow it up. There was a lot of talks about that. But the Bulls have started to win, and it's especially because Zach Levine has really picked up his game. At the beginning of the year, well, actually now he's averaging about 24 points, 4.6 rebounds, and 4.3 assists on 46% shooting and 38% from three. That's a good three-point percentage. He's a really good shooter. But his field goal percentage was down from last year, and his points were down from last year. So it really just wasn't looking good, and a lot of people were like, hey, maybe we should trade this guy somewhere else, get some draft capital, and rebuild. You know? But over the last 10 games, Zach Levine's really picked it up at 29.1 points per game, 5.4 rebounds, and 4.5 assists. Everything moving up, and his field goal percentage at 50%. And three-point percentage at 41%. Like, he's really started playing a lot better. And with him playing better, the Bulls the Bulls' numbers have gone way up. Like, the Bulls look a lot better. At 22 and 24, they're sneaking around 500, and they're looking at that plant. They're hungry for that plant. They got a good lead on it now. The Raptors have been falling off a cliff at 21 and 27. The Bulls have now a two-game lead on them, and they're tied with the Pacers for the ninth seed. The Pacers are now 23-25. and 25. They've been missing Tyrese Halliburton. Speaking of the Pacers, we will get to them in a second. I want to talk about Nikola Vucevic just for a second. Vucevic has also been playing a lot better. This year, he's averaging 17.5 points per game and 10, 11 rebounds and 3 assists. Last week, the dude dropped 43 points against the Warriors. Unbelievable, right? I mean, kind of crazy. Like, this guy has been playing a lot better recently. The thing with Vucevic is I really struggle to take him seriously because he's so bad defensively. Like, so bad. Like, he's just a defensive liability. And I don't love him there. And I think the Bulls could be a lot better if they just kept Wendell Carter and their picks. I really do. That was the trade in order to get him from the Orlando Magic. And Wendell Carter, to me, is a better defender, probably a better rebounder, not a better scorer or shooter. But, like, it'd make your team a lot more versatile. It really just would. And um, I just don't see the point of Nikola Vucevic for this team. I don't know if he's a good fit. I think he's a very good basketball player. But with guys that are just offensive centers and that don't really do much defensively other than Nikola Jokic, because that guy is ridiculous. He could 
he's a bad defender, and this guy's won two straight MVPs, maybe going to win a third. We'll get to him in a, in a future episode. But if you're not Nikola Jokic, and this guy's Nikola Vucevic, then you're just going to struggle if you can't really defend and you can't really move your feet. So that's my take on Vucevic. All right, let's move on to the Pacers. I was talking about them a little bit. They're now 23-25 and 25 in ninth in the Eastern Conference. They've been struggling as of late. They've been missing Tyrese Halliburton for a little while, and they've been falling in the net rating category because of it. They're down to a minus 1.9 in net rating, which is really struggling. Their defense is struggling, and their offense is really struggling. I do think the Pacers have been awesome this year. They really have. Um, the Pacers, like, Tyrese Halliburton has been great this year when he's on the court. Unbelievable. This guy this guy came in the year. We were expecting him to have a good year, but we weren't expecting this. He's averaging 20.2 points per game, 4 rebounds, 10.2 assists. That's an unbelievable mark. It's on 48% shooting and 40% from 3. That's awesome. Absolutely awesome. And he is their conductor. He is what makes their offense work. This guy, right when he gets the ball, he's looking to run and get people involved. Like, it's awesome to watch because everybody around him becomes way tougher to guard. Way tougher to guard. So immediately when he catches the ball, he's looking up and he's looking to outlet to a guy running. And... It just makes it super difficult. Buddy Heald gets three more wide-open threes a game because of it. And Buddy Heald is one of the best shooters in the NBA. Then you go over to Miles Turner. Miles Turner's having a ridiculous season. Probably one of his best seasons in the past few years. And it's because of Tyrese Halliburton getting him the ball. It's great. Halliburton, as of now, has been dealing with a bone contusion in his knee and also a calf contusion contusion as well which has really sidelined him for a while and has really hurt the Pacers making them fall to 23 and 25 but the Pacers had no expectations for this year none actually I was expecting them to be one of the worst teams in basketball and that didn't really turn out Rick Carlisle had different plans to me but the reason why the Pacers aren't where we all expected is Tyrese Halliburton this guy is an all-star He's an unbelievable point guard, and he's must-see TV when he is on because he's just fun to watch. Like, everybody's better around him. He's just a connector. He's a great leader. This guy's awesome. I love Tyrese Halliburton, and he's leading the Pacers to an unbelievable season. This is way better than you'd expect. All right, let's move on to the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Milwaukee Bucks. First, we're going to do the Cavaliers. So the Cavaliers are now 29-19, and 19, and they're second in the Central Division. But these guys are ranked fourth in net rating. And again, for you guys that aren't, like, too, like, bat- basketball stat-, stat savvy like me, net rating is taking into account your offensive rating and your defensive rating, which is basically the efficiency of your offensive defense. So, the Cavs' offensive rating is 114.2. And this is based off per 100, per 100 possession stats. So, they would score 
1.14. Yeah, 1.142 points per possession. That's how it works. And then on defense, they'd allow 1.097 points per possession. That's how that works for offensive rating and defensive rating. And it's they're plus 4.5 in net rating, which means that their offense scores 4.5 more points per possession than their defense allows. So that explains that. That's why I really like net rating because if you look at it per 100, it really helps you helps you grasp how good their offense is and how good their defense is. So let's talk about the Cavs, okay? They got Donovan Mitchell in a trade from the Jazz, and Donovan Mitchell has looked really, really good. This guy is just absolutely unbelievable. Like, the way, the way he was playing in Utah was amazing, but here he's come and gotten even better. Like, with the different weapons that he's got on the Cavs, he's just looked awesome. He's averaging 28.4 points per game and five assists and four rebounds. Like, it's just awesome. He's controlling the pace of the game super easily. And if you watch him play, he he just knows what he's doing. He really knows what he's doing. It's really awesome to watch. He's definitely an all-star. I think he should be an all-star starter because this guy has elevated the Cavaliers to levels that I don't even think I expect. I think I had them in my top four, but I really didn't expect the Cavs to look this good. The fact that they're fourth in net rating really shocked me and really impressed me as of that. Like, really impressed me. All right, moving on, I want to talk about a little bit of Darius Garland. Darius Garland's great point guard, great point guard. He's averaging 21.7 points per game and 8.1 assists. This guy's awesome. He really is. He's really the conductor of this team. Donovan Mitchell is the best player and probably the best guard on the team, but definitely the best guard, not probably. But Garland, this guy's really good too. And with the addition of Mitchell, it's really made his life a lot easier. And I think the Cavs, they just look really good, man. Like, this is a tough team. You got Evan Mobley and Jared Allen down low. Evan Mobley... Well, he hasn't been as good as many people expect. He's still been really good in my book. Like, the defense, yes, it can improve a little bit. But 1.3 blocks, 0.7 steals, and Jared Allen doing this pretty much the same stats in 1.2 blocks and 0.8 steals. Like, these guys down low, they're just tough. They really are. Like, it's two of the best rim protectors in the NBA. So it's really difficult to stop. One thing I want to talk about is Karis LeVert. This guy takes too many shots near the end of games. Like, get the ball to Donovan Mitchell or get the ball to Darius Garland. It's really not that hard. Like, I know you think you're good, but, like, come on, man. Like, you're solid. You're not that good. You're not that guy. And then Kevin Love has been great for this team. He's really just a great, savvy veteran for them. And He's just playing his role. Like, he, he doesn't want more minutes. If he's hitting shots, he'll play more. But, like, other than that, he really doesn't care. He just wants to win at this point. And these guys seem to have a great culture. I love J.B. Bickerstaff, their coach. And I really think they look awesome. One more thing I want to say about the Cavs. Donovan Mitchell did drop 71 points in a game with 11 assists. 
So if you don't think Donovan Mitchell's a real deal, just tune into that game and tell me he's still not the real deal. Because this guy's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. All right. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and then we're going to wrap it up. The Bucks are now 30 and 17 and they're sitting first in the Central Division. Let's see where they are in the standings. I believe they are the two seed in the East. I will check that out real quick. But talking about the Bucks, they've looked really good this year. I really do believe they've looked solid. They haven't looked as good as some years. But this year, I still think they've looked really good. Giannis's numbers are a little off from where they are normally. But a little off is this, which is just unbelievable to think about. It's 31 points, 11.9, so 12 rebounds and 5.3 assists. That's a little off for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, that's unbelievable. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, the Bucks are now the three seed in the East. They're 30 and 17. But a little off for Giannis Antetokounmpo is 31 points, 12 rebounds, 5.3 assists, being one of the most impactful defenders on the floor. Like, it's ridiculous at this point. Like, Giannis is unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's he's a top five candidate for MVP easily. The team's still the three seed in the East. I wouldn't be too too worried if I'm the Bucks. In net rating, the Bucks are 10th in net rating. Their defense, I think, is much improved this year. They are normally known for giving teams a lot of three-pointers. They've changed that this year. They've been very aggressive at stopping three-pointers. They they used to really like to give the corner three. They haven't been doing that much this year, which I think has really helped their defense because a lot of people were like, hey, maybe we should... Maybe we should attack these corner threes. And now that they're not giving up the corner threes as much, it makes them very difficult to stop. In fact, let's look at where they are in defensive rating. They're third in the NBA in defensive rating. The Cavs are second. So these two teams are two of the best teams in the NBA easily. Easily with two of the best defenses in the NBA. Let's look at where the Cavs rank offense. The Cavs are top 10 in offense and offensive rating and defensive rating. The past couple champions have been a top 10 in offensive rating and defensive rating. So watch out for the Cavs. The Bucs, on the other hand, on the offensive end, it's been a little bit of a struggle. They've been missing Chris Middleton, probably their second best player in their title run. I think it's a toss-up between him and Drew Holiday. They've had Drew Holiday. He's looked awesome. But they've been missing Chris Middleton. Middleton's only played in seven games this year, which has hurt the Bucs a little bit offensively. But... When you got Giannis, you got Drew Holiday, like these guys, they're really, they're really freaking good. Really freaking good. And Holiday's averaging 19.6 points per game. Giannis with the 31. Like, that's it's a tough team. It's a really tough team to play against. They got a lot of talent defensively and offensively. Brooke Lopez is looking like the defensive player of the year. His defensive numbers have been unbelievable. He's averaging two and a half blocks a game. Like, he's a ridiculous rim protector now. He has mastered the drop coverage. Like, this is the guy that everybody tells you to look at when you look at drop coverage. And he's just ridiculous at it now. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, I'm just really impressed with the Bucks. Really impressed with the Bucks. They, they've looked awesome. With Giannis, he's missed games this year. Like, it happens, you know, and I really think that's why the Bucks record isn't where it normally is because they're normally first or second in the East. 
And the fact that it isn't where it normally is and they're third in the East is really impressive. Really impressive. And I think this Bucks team is going to be really dangerous when it comes to playoff time. I also think the Cavs are going to be really dangerous. I think they're going to really turn it on and end up top three in the conference. The East, to me, like, this Cavs team and this 76ers, or not 70 sorry, we'll talk about 76ers later. Not this podcast, but later. This Cavs and Bucks team, they're teams that can easily win the NBA Finals. Not just make the NBA Finals, win the NBA Finals. I'm really high on these two teams. They'll probably be, I will do an East prediction later, just when I feel like it, when I get through all these divisions. I will do an East ranking of where I think they'll end up. I did a pre, I did a preseason um, standings thing, and I didn't do it on a podcast or anything. I just wrote it down on a whiteboard, and things have actually been looking good for my preseason rankings, which is kind of awesome. But I'll do like a little, kind of again like a, like a ranking, just to tell you where I think each team is, where I think they'll end up, and really just to preview the playoffs for you and show you who the main contenders are. But if I'm looking at contenders in the Eastern Conference and that are in the Central Division, I'd be looking at the Cavs and the Bucks, and I think they're similar in many ways. Cavs being a little bit better in my my estimation right now. I really like that they're second in defense and 10th in offense. That's really impressive to me. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for me. A little bit of a shorter podcast. Let's see how long I went. This this part's 28 minutes, so it'll probably end up being like a 30-some minute podcast. So I think I did pretty well. I hope I did pretty well. But anyways, I'm really glad you joined in to, to the second episode of Jake's Takes. And I'm looking forward to another one. Please subscribe to the channel follow the channel whatever the word is and i will be coming at you guys with the youtube channel soon i'm planning to try to make that tomorrow but i don't know we'll see if i get there and i made the instagram channel so follow the instagram channel so you can be caught up on when i produce these podcasts but Anyways, I will be out of here. I'm probably going to be recording the NFL podcast tomorrow, so be tuned for that. And I will see you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening, and I'm out of here. Peace.